Welcome back to Library Media Chatter, a monthly podcast for people who audibly gasp when seeing impressive database usage statistics. <laughs> I'm Dan Wright, one of the librarians, uh, sorry, library media specialists. Oh gosh, you nailed it. At Oakville and Melville High Schools. And you could hear right there the dulcet tones of my forever co-host, Mr. Greg Baum. Greg, how yeah. are you? I am doing well. Yeah, I'm Greg Baum, one of the library media specialists at Rockwood Summit. Uh, we had we pulled our top patrons. Speaking of database statistics, usage statistics, yeah, and uh, of course, like three of them were teachers, which I love. But um, it was you. It was it Margaret. Was, it was. <laughs> I was. I was inordinately proud that my name was on there. Actually. Nice. Nice. Uh, no, that, and I, cause we were, anyway, long story, but I went down to check with a couple of teachers and I was like, Hey, tell me a little bit about this kid. And <laughs> several teachers uh, for one name in particular said, wait, 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 where did you get his name? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, look, Hey, what a pleasant surprise, right? Yeah. To be pleasantly surprised to find out this kid is a top reader. Yeah. The kids, kids love books. They just hide <laughs> it from people. Yeah. Right. That right. they're secretive about their love of literature. That's what I, I had to convince myself of while I was teaching English still. They love all this. They just don't want anybody else to know. Hence, mm -hmm. they pretend on all the quizzes, tests and other assessments that they don't know anything about what they've been assigned. <laughs> A little bit of the protest too much. Syndrome. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That score is too low, sir. I believe you specifically you chose the incorrect tipped your hand answers. on that one. <laughs> Oh, all right. We got a lot to cover today, uh, including a special surprise at the end of the episode uh, that I'm keeping on ice for Greg. I'm not I don't want oh. him to even know what's going on yet. Uh, so let's get right into it. Greg, what yeah. are you reading? OK, I am reading a Lawrence Block book. Uh, it's in, in his Matthew Scudder series. These are older books. B Lawrence Block was like one of the top kind of mystery thriller writers for a long time. And, you know, I don't know. He may have had a recent book. Yeah. He may not even be alive anymore. I'm not <laughs> sure. But these books are quite a bit older. I don't sure. know that they'd be a good purchase for a library because they are so much older. But if you are a crime fiction aficionado, like he's fantastic. And um, the Matthew Scudder books are particularly good. They're kind of the like just a really smart take on the uh, beaten up and broken private investigator trope you know okay. so yeah anyway a lot of fun i i needed something a little <laughs> we'll talk about that more later i needed some escapist uh reading sure. so yeah what yeah. about you dan what are you reading um so i in the in the kind of when you mentioned that it was an older book or the the author was maybe not uh producing lately or breathing or breathing for potentially that matter, we don't know but we'll update you in the next episode yeah about yeah. whether or not lawrence block is still alive um I have been doing the same kind of thing uh, as far as escaping other things that I'm reading by going through the PBS Great American Reads from a, a few mm -hmm. years ago and just trying to, to catch up on some of those that I didn't get to. Yeah. So I read uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy for the first time, which nice. seems weird nice. because it's right up my alley in every possible way. It's dry. Yeah. Uh, it's it's humorous, it's sci-fi, it's whatever. I, it's probably the most British book we've spoken about on this show, other than the one about the guy walking through Scottish footpaths. Wait, more than Sherlock Holmes? 
Uh, okay, Sherlock Holmes, yeah. So and Sherlock the Holmes, paths, yeah. The footpaths, um, yeah. The footpaths of the British Isles, uh, and then Hitchhiker's Guide, which <laughs> I from the first sentence, and I don't know what this says about me, uh, but from the first sentence, I had the narrator's very dry, very British voice in my head. Uh-huh. Like I knew who this person was. Uh right away oh that's awesome um so that was i enjoyed that i at some point maybe i'll get back to uh the rest of that series but it was nice to check that one off um and in the same vein i read jason reynolds ghost which my kids have read my at least my uh, 11 year old has read nice and enjoyed and i know that that's one jason reynolds obviously is a a no-brainer as somebody that you want to read but i had not yet gotten to that one i liked them both quite a bit (laughs) shocking two books on the great american reads we're good. They're that, good books. That is a great surprise. That yeah. is a wonderful surprise. So yeah, lighthearted, uh, nothing going on where I was like, oh, here's here comes either. Like I did not read Grapes of Wrath uh, yeah. yet. I'm good holding choice. off on that one. I need yeah. some lighter fare uh, because of the other things uh, in my world. So yeah, yeah, I'm sure your library, if you're a high school or a middle school, probably has Ghost. Um, maybe you have Hitchhiker's Guide. I assume high schools have Hitchhiker's Guide. We do. I think we may have. I'm trying to remember. We just did another weed of our science fiction. And I can't. I know we kept it, but I can't remember if we moved it to classics. We've done that with oh. some books that are especially sci-fi books that are older and will probably have some interest. Yeah. But not by a kid who wants. Sci-fi. Yes. Does if I'm looking sense? for modern sci-fi. Right. Yeah. I felt the same way in a few of the fantasy books that we yeah. have that like technically this is a fantasy book, but if I'm a fantasy reader, yeah, I'm not thinking to myself like, where's that Mitch album book where <laughs> time is personified and whatever, like it's fantasy, but yeah, not what the dragon folks are looking for. No, the dragon folks. Is, yeah. is that not how you refer to? Yeah, no, that years? is. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we're reading. Um, hopefully, if you have not read those, you'll check them out and uh, enjoy them as we enjoyed uh, our reads. And it was a pretty quick turnaround, Greg. This is maybe the fastest we've gone through any of these segments. Yeah. But we just yeah. have so Something much might be wrong. coming up <laughs> yeah. later. Um, so we're going to take a quick commercial break. and We'll be right back. All right. This episode is brought to you by the Dewey Decimal number 325 which means it's time for the favorite game of both Baby New Year and Father Time. Do we know our Dewey? I'm going to name books with call numbers that start 325, and Greg is going to guess what that section is all about. Greg, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, the first book. Denied, Detained, Deported. Stories from the Dark Side of American Immigration by Anne Bousom. Colonialism by Daryl J. Kozlowski, Gandhi and Churchill, the epic rivalry that destroyed an empire and forged our age by Arthur Herman, The Border Wall with Mexico, edited by Martin Gitlin. I read that one very oddly. Like it was Mm. The Border Wall with Mexico, like that they're a team. Uh, (laughs) I apologize for that, Martin Gatlin. and Critical Perspectives on Immigrants and Refugees, edited by Anne C. Cunningham. Greg, what is the theme of this section? Oh boy. All right. I mean, there's, I heard immigration so many times, so I want to say immigration, but 
I heard colonialism and I heard empire and those are throwing me off. So like immigration and international relations? What are, um, edit are, this out, edit it I out. I, I'm sitting here in silence because I thought you were literally going to say the exact wording that the oh. University of Illinois gives us. What uh, is it? Section 325. It is international migration and colonization. Oh man. You had all was, the words there. I, I did, I did. Yeah. Yes, just not in the right order. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I thought that section, as I was looking at those, I was pretty interested in seeing, I kind of assumed it would be a lot of like the critical perspectives. Yeah. It would be those collections of things, more research, kind of fact finding. I have a student who's doing a research paper on something. Here's a book with a bunch of essays in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But also seeing in there the, the book about Gandhi and Churchill and the book, yeah. uh, the stories from the dark side of American immigration, like more narrative uh, nonfiction that would be high interest reading yeah. and not just like, okay, I'm reading another essay about this issue. And and I think it's easier, at least for me, it has been easier to get teachers interested in those books that have the narrative element. Like the critical perspectives, I know you have to have them or books like them as you, yes. as you pointed out, because for, you know, they need them for a research paper. But yeah, I feel like teachers are much more interested in not even the monographs, but like those collections of narrative yeah. pieces. Yeah, so that's a, uh, I was pleased to see that between my two uh, high schools that we had a, a pretty strong collection there and it's an area yeah. that maybe we want to grow in uh, as well because it's obviously not an issue uh, that has disappeared. This is not something left no. in the annals of history. No, no it is not. You're welcome for using that phrase. Uh, so thank you to Dewey number 325 for sponsoring this episode. Okay, welcome back to Library Media Chatter. And now we are in our what are you doing section. So uh, Dan, what are you doing? I have been spending a lot of my time uh, reading books that I'm hearing about being challenged in mm. other districts. Oh, that's a good idea. Uh, trying to kind of prep myself for what I imagine is the inevitable. Yeah. Uh, it seems like that's happening just about everywhere. And <laughs> if you get hit with multiple book challenges at a time, uh, I am not the world's fastest reader. So I figured if these are ones that keep coming up on every list mm -hmm. or people keep talking about uh, I might as well get ahead of the game. Um, I also found it interesting as I was doing that, that I'm just ginning up the circulation numbers for these books. It's kind of nice. Um, I did like that aspect of it as well. Um, the book that I'm currently reading is Out of Darkness mm -hmm. uh, by Amy Hope Perez or Perez. Yeah. Uh, that I saw... School Library Journal had posted, and I know this goes. This episode is going to go up in January. We are not recording this in, on January first, the day that it comes out. So if you're like Dan, I watched that video months ago. Yes, yeah. you did. You probably yes, saw it a month you or so ago. Probably did. Um, of the author of that book, kind of splicing her talking about the book with a school board incident from Texas where a mom was yelling crazy things about the book. Uh, and that got me, I was like, oh, well, maybe this book is going to be interesting and we have it on our shelves and it's on the list that keep coming up. 
Uh, so I might as well read it. And yeah, so far, so good. It's, an, it's This is a good way to read interesting books that I might not have read otherwise. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's a plus. <clears throat> but yeah, just trying to get ahead of it. And when an administrator, whether in the building or at the district level, comes and says, hey, I, I'm hearing about this, or do you know anything about this book? Instead of going, I don't know, I bought it because I read really great reviews and I heard other people talk about it or it got nominated for a bunch of stuff. I can literally say, yeah, I, I'm in the middle of that one. I'm enjoying it quite a mm. bit. And the things that people might be objecting to uh, are not objectionable or they are not, I, I, I can tell you why they're objecting and maybe why that's crazy for this particular book that that's a problem. Um, yeah. I, that's great. Yeah. I mean, I mean, again, speaking of things not going away, uh, these are going to keep coming. So I might as well build up my reading list. <laughs> boy. Well, and the problem is, and, and so, I mean, the, what I put on my segment for what are you doing was uh, read and not no dealing with challenge books. Cause we've had an influx of them over the last 10 days, the, these official book challenges. And <clears throat> I mean, I'm, I have not been doing what you've been doing, Dan. I have not been kind of proactively reading books I thought might be challenged because, <laughs> because one, I just haven't. I mean, <laughs> just, <laughs> the bottom line is I just haven't. But two, because I, at some level, I feel like it's an impossible task. I mean, these yeah. we have parents picking books that I never would have, like of all books, we got a challenge or maybe it's, I can't remember if this was just one that a parent has been on a, you know, tear about, but for, uh, is it Cranked by Ellen Hopkins? Cranked Crank by yeah. Ellen, yeah. And you're like, well, that book's been out for almost 20 years at this yes. point. You know, like, yep. whatever damage it was going to do has been done. Yeah. Um, but on top of that, like, it just seems, it's so unpredictable. Like, it's not exclusively books that... Um, are current. It's not exclusively books that are about people of color or LGBTQ plus people, although those two groups do see much higher challenge rates. Yes. Um, so anyway, that's I, I haven't been doing that, but uh, I had a teacher come and talk to me about a book and I just said, I haven't read it in the same way that I haven't read 99% yeah. of my collection here. You know, like that's an impossible yes. standard to set for a librarian. Yes. I said, but I have looked at the parts that people have, um, you know, objected to. And I think that, you know, as I flip through the rest of the book, it seems like that is kind of a contextual, yeah, significant part of the story, you know, context is, can't matter, Greg, right. Context not, has nothing so like, to do I guess with what it. I, I guess what I've been doing is <clears throat> I've been trying to come up with some ways of talking about objectionable material in high school books so that I can make a case for them. And so, yeah. you know, one of the things that keeps coming up in our district and in um, emails that I've been getting is the claim that, you know, librarians are distributing child pornography or child erotica. Um, and I just think that is patently untrue. Like, I mean, it, by any definition of pornography, yes. unless that definition is any sexual content in which any case, books that acknowledges yeah. sex exists yeah and in that case well then your their health class is a pornographic class you know what i mean like there's no way to talk about all things sexual being pornographic yeah. anyway so like those have been kind of my things so if people if reader readers we don't have readers we have listeners if re, if listeners I don't know, have, maybe somebody's transcribing this oh, and gosh. putting it out as a newsletter yeah. somewhere 
Yeah, probably. Good luck to you. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm sure you're making a lot of money on that one. Yeah. Anyway, that's what I've been doing. I mean, I yeah. think that it is a discouraging time in some ways to be a librarian, and but we, you know, there is uh, a lot to be said for standing up for voices and people who have been marginalized or excluded. <laughs> I, and the, this is our chance to do it. Like we've been talking yes. the talk for a long time. Yes. And this is the chance to actually walk the walk and do it. The, the thing that keeps jumping out in my mind, one of the buildings that I work in is significantly more diverse than any school I'd attended or worked in previously. Uh-huh. Um, and if you're telling me that books about people of color, oh, LGBTQ, name the, the, the way that people could be categorized, mm-hmm. that that's somehow bad for me to have, well, I'd like you to walk through my building or flip mm-hmm. through a list of names mm-hmm. and understand that these books are at least attempting to be reflective of our audience. Mm-hmm. And if we're removing all of these, nobody's going to. And I guess maybe the goal is that nobody ever checks out another book. Like, I don't know if that's just illiteracy or, or um, active non-literacy yeah. uh, is the goal. But I don't know. It's it. I don't know. I, I, I'm running out of words, I think. Well, no, I just, I just, and the last thing I will say about this, because it's such a depressing topic, but the last thing I'll say is that, you know, historically people have always tried to control other people by controlling their ideas. And so I think this is no exception to that. This is a group that now they themselves feel marginalized and threatened and are trying to displace the people they feel threatened by and and silence and obscure and i just think that is horrifying yeah (laughs) horrifying to watch firsthand and know that it's 2021 and this is happening again yeah yeah well that's a real pick me up yeah so Uh, uh, welcome go ahead just rewind the dewey game again (laughs) you can just listen to that part again (laughs) i'm sure you'll greatly enjoy uh if you go back a few episodes when we talked about noah wiley yeah, that's really the place to go. Who is is still planning on coming on the show? I believe. Yes, as far as I know, he yeah. uh, that is still in the works. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move into mm. a, a well. I was going to say a lighter segment, but the premise of this book is not necessarily super lighthearted. No. Uh, but let's get into the reader's nook. This month's gateway book is "The Escape of Light" by Fred Venturini, mm-hmm. who is a local author. Uh, at mm-hmm. least like Southern Illinois, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is, <laughs> if you're listening to this and you live and work in the same general area that Greg and I do, which I can't imagine you live drastically farther away and you're listening, yeah. other than our, I guess our German listeners. Yeah. Um, it's always kind of a treat, right? When you read something, you're like, oh, I know that area or yeah. I've been to that place or whatever. So uh, The Escape of Light, I'm, I'm just going to give you the, the kind of publisher summary and we'll jump off from there. Uh, teenage burn survivor Wilder Tate faces the challenges of high school, but in the aftermath of tragedy, he discovers the capacity to forgive and empathize, learning the importance of healing from the inside out. Uh, I like that as kind of a general... Yeah. I don't. We're not giving away... So many of these summaries, it's like, so-and-so gets lost in these specific woods and their three friends <laughs> who all have these names and these are their favorite colors come and find them. But one of them is going to lose an arm and the other, yeah. like, yeah, just let me get an idea yeah. of what this book is. Wilder is a basketball player. 
Yeah. And that's his way kind of in socially mm-hmm. uh, into as, as he's starting high school, uh, his way to kind of become someone that people are interested in, which is uh, for him a big step beyond the other reason why people are interested in him, which is uh, that he's a burn survivor right? Uh, and fairly well scarred up uh, right. in, in places that are <clears throat> obvious. It's not like hideable scars. Um. So you have the element of what is it like when you're starting high school for anybody is difficult, mm-hmm. right? That transition is hard. If you view yourself as an outsider, uh, anyway, transitioning is even harder, mm-hmm. but we find those ways to try to connect. And for him, it's basketball. Um, I enjoyed the book. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was a, I don't mean a light read <clears throat> in the sense that all of these things are not uh, taken seriously or that it's meant for comedic anything. Uh the book handles what it handles well, uh, but it did not feel overwhelming. Some of the books I think we've talked yeah. about in previous episodes yeah. were just a little too much. Yep. Uh, what did you think, Greg? No, I agree. I was actually, that was actually one of the things that I was thinking is that this is a dark story that manages it, a dark premise that manages to be uplifting. Um, I, think this might be my favorite of the gateways that I've read. I haven't finished all of them yet, so I'm leaving room. But sure. I think one of the things I really appreciated about it was just the quality of the prose. I thought the writing was really good. And unlike a lot of YA where it's mostly dialogue and like first person meanderings, um, there's some really like great turns of phrase in the description in this book. And like, I think there's some just like a more mature style than a lot of the what in my mind has come to be MFA churn of YA books. Like all these people that are coming out of MFA programs to write their YA book that sounds like every other YA book. Sure. And it's mostly floppy dialogue. (laughs) Anyway, so it was just a pleasure to read something different from that. And I really enjoyed it. I also liked Wilder. I liked his sense of self-awareness that was in this one yeah and i liked well i'll just say i like being able to pitch this to kids and this isn't a perfect way of pitching it but i liked being able to pitch it as like a high school version of wonder and i know i know that's not really the same but i feel like the same kids that connected with that story about a boy who was disfigured right or you know looked different um would connect to a similar theme in this book okay um and then anyway as i said i know there's some pretty significant differences but sure that was a way for me that's my two second spiel to like yeah. sell them um i liked as, as you were talking i was thinking about with that narrator um the your main character there with wilder not being perfect yeah and i, I don't even mean like that nobody makes a perfect narrator like that's it's so rare mm-hmm. for books that we will end up reading there are mm-hmm. plenty of books where that's the case but we're not going to talk about them right. uh, <laughs> but there's a lot of points in the book where i think it could have hit cliche it could have hit okay here's the moment mm-hmm. where he does this and somebody gives a speech and then mm-hmm. this happens and we all whatever yeah and not to say that it's it totally veers away from what you want in a high school story, which I think a lot of the times is that kind of thing. Yeah. Because I'm a high school reader and I want to feel like my life is going to work out. Okay. Yeah. But I wasn't reading about somebody who 
handled each step as well as you could handle it. The right. obstacles that get put in his way, whether they're the old trauma that he's dealing with, right. or the new things that come up uh, that are self-inflicted, like things that he causes. Yeah. He does. He doesn't handle everything perfectly. He doesn't right. do everything in the way that you want your dream protagonist to do it, which I liked. I, I yeah. liked not seeing. Oh, and then he's gonna do. And yes, waiting. And it wasn't yeah. like applauding him the entire time through the text. Agreed. And and as you were talking about that, I was thinking about when we had our conversation on here about heroin. And how that character really makes a lot of terrible choices, but is so, to me, was so flat that I didn't really care. Like, okay, I did just never had a connection to her. And I, I I know that wasn't really the point of that book, you know, like, whereas in this book, I feel like there is like a rich, a richness to Wilder and a complexity to Wilder that I really appreciated. Yes. That I again I don't see in a lot of YA books. And it and, it is partly what you're describing, but it's more than that. It was just like a I don't know, a depth of imagination that the author put into this character that I I liked. I think about uh, a book like we talked about Grace Year. Mm-hmm. And where that character and I enjoyed that book. Yeah. But that character was very much kind of the Katniss um mold yeah. or name yeah. any of those yeah. characters where She's going to go through things, but she's strong and she can do it. And yeah. this is, which is, there's a place for that. They're Absolutely. not yeah. knocking down Grace here with this, but this is a character who felt a little bit more real to like my experience of, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that, or maybe I shouldn't yeah. have thought that or done that, or yeah. even like the feelings of yeah. what he's going through and kind of, ooh, that was a jerk move. Or like, this yeah. was not. Yeah. And you're realizing that with him as he's kind of going along and having to learn from that. Yeah. Um, you were talking about selling it as a, as kind of a wonder type of book. I want, I, and I shouldn't use this phrase. I was going to say, I, I wonder if you could <laughs> sell it as uh, a basketball book. Is there enough basketball? Like oh, in the good way question. that, do you remember a few years ago, one of the gateways was, I think it was a short history of the girl next door. Oh yeah. Where uh-huh. basketball played a role in that high school transition yeah. and relationships, but it wasn't like basketball was being played every other yeah. page. Um, it, you could have replaced it with something else potentially and still had it work, but the author seems to know basketball. Yeah. Um, it didn't feel like, they were just, they drew it out of a hat and said, oh, I guess he's a basketball player. Like basketball is yes, essential to the character, yes, but not necessarily to the plot yes. in that way, if that makes any sense. I think to me, I think that would be a nice like cherry on top for a boy reading this book who liked basketball. Like okay. I think that would help. I think a reluctant reader who likes basketball probably in my mind would not find enough in here to okay. carry them through this is not replace the like Mike Lupica kind of books right. where basketball right. is so central to everything. Yeah. Cause I think the pleasure of those books is more about, it's really about being an athlete, right. And the yes. dynamics of the sport and yep. like, they're also substantially shorter, but I think you're right. I think that, and I did, I, I think when I pitched this book, we, we took it around to classes and talked about it because we have uh, Mr. Venturini coming to speak to our school in February and um, I tried to I tried to mention that every time because I think you're right. I think it is a bonus. It's a nice yeah. added thing. 
maybe that um, bridge, right? Yeah. So if I'm a sports reader, yeah, and I've liked those books, yeah, I'm, I'm maybe reluctant to jump into general YA. And I think that we have this one, I think, is a realistic fiction in our library. Yeah, that's where we have it, too. Um, maybe I don't want to read it. I feel like I don't want to read a typical high school mm -hmm. story. Maybe this is that kind of bridge. Like Boy 21 would have been. I was um, thinking of Boy 21. 10 years ago. Yeah, and Boy 21 is another book that I've tried to sell as a basketball book. And yeah. it never, it, it, that's not what it is. So it doesn't yes. work. Yeah. But I wanted to, so yes. I keep doing it. Yeah, it's, it's a really, it's a well, like that. It's a well-written book. Yeah. It has basketball done well. Yeah. So may, like you said, the cherry on top, it's that extra something to kind of yeah. push you over. Yeah. Um, but no, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good book. Yeah, um, I like this one. It was a, a win for sure. And it's a local guy. I like the idea yeah. when we have local authors. It's not, I think he, I think he might have one other book. I'm trying to remember now, but I don't like sometimes on these gateway lists, you see the same authors yes. over and over yes. again. And it was really nice to see someone different and someone who writes a different style, who isn't writing that yes. kind of blah YA over and over style. Yes. So all of those to me were like great bonuses for including him on this list. Yeah. And, um, I, you feel like uh, some authors have become YA John Grisham's or YA yeah. Robert yes, Ludlow. I agree. We're like, yeah. I write a style of YA. Yeah. And so every book or every series mm -hmm. is going to feel very similar. Mm -hmm. The plots are different. The I'm not, I'm not accusing anybody of anything because like obviously John Grisham is very successful and yeah. these people know what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, but I think YA has become popular enough yeah. in these last maybe five years or so that you can really see people starting to do that. That yeah. I have a way of doing this. And if you like my work, you're going to continue liking my work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, finding room for uh, a new voice on this gateway list. I was really happy about as well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so if you have any thoughts on that book or any of the other books that we've talked about uh, in this episode or issues with challenged books or anything else, uh, remember, you can always email us at librarymediachatter at gmail.com. Uh, that email address does work. So feel free. We will talk about it forever. Yeah. If you send it, us an email, does it sound extra desperate when I, when I do it now, is it no, getting a level no. of, of desperation? We'll have to start it? sending ourselves a few emails yeah. just to, Oh, I got this yeah. email from yeah. right. Best podcast yeah. ever. <laughs> well done guys. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back to wrap things up. This episode of Library Media Chatter is brought to you by The Copier. It's the giant machine near the entrance to the library that you just walked away from in order to ask the librarian where to pick up what you just printed. The Copier, the real reason people come to the library. Well, that just about wraps it up for this month's episode of Library Media Chatter, but we do have a special guest. Uh, we don't really have callers. We can't take live calls, but we do have... Uh, a special message that needed to be shared uh, that Greg has not yet heard. And uh, I think, I think it's an important message. I think we're all, uh, this is maybe going to put a bow on some things earlier. We can uh, close this chapter. Of the podcast. Well, hello there. Finally, they're playing my message. This is Coach Carrie Lampy, otherwise known as the former language arts teacher that got smart and decided to get out of grading and get into the PE game. So, 
With that in mind, I wanted to bring to you a sports element to this podcast that I adore. I wanted to recommend two books that I feel like would really fit for both athletes, coaches, or any kids that are athletically inclined. One of the newer books is actually written by a Cardinals fan, St. Louis Cardinals fan. Will Leach wrote a book called How Lucky, and it deals with a kid with disabilities, but also very much into um, athletics and St. Louis culture along with um, a murder mystery type feel to it. So fictionalized accounts based off of some really unique um, plot lines. The other book that I wanted to recommend, I have read this multiple times because it is so good, but I think this would apply to anybody, anybody who's looking for a nonfiction book about habits. So this is Atomic Habits by James Clear, and he talks really about maximizing... um, habits or getting rid of bad habits and how to set up yourself for success. So I feel like that works for a lot of kids in this genre. I wanted to, again, bridge the gap between physical (laughs) education and health to the library world from both Dan Wright and Greg Baum. Thanks for finally having me on. (laughs) Look forward to the next podcast. Legally speaking, we had to include that in <laughs> that's what it was, yeah. <laughs> because otherwise things would have gotten real ugly. Yeah. So yeah. you don't want a gym teacher mad at you? No, I, they have stuff to throw at you. And they <laughs> practice every. Day. They specialize in throwing these at. Yes, yeah, that is what she's yeah. doing all yeah. the time. Yeah, I am. I assume. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a long time since I've been in a gym class. I assume yeah. that's what. <laughs> So, yeah, nice to be able to, to finally put a bow on the controversy, the Carrie Lampy controversy. <laughs> We've all been. Lampy gate. Yeah, yes. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, which now just opens things up for Noah Wiley. Now that we have yeah. one. Yeah, the path is closed. Clear. Another door is opening. <laughs> and with that, remember, read responsibly. Use a bookmark.